0: Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Cloud ERP. This special edition podcast is brought to you in partnership with the Let's Talk Data podcast. I am your host, Jennifer Frank McGrory. We have a great conversation planned for everyone. Today, my guest is Ian James, Team Principal for Mercedes EQ Formula E Team. Ian and I are going to have a discussion about how the Mercedes team is using SAP S4 HANA Cloud to enable the race team users to have access from all around the world as they travel the race circuit this episode has lots of twists and turns so let's get rolling
1: welcome ian kind introduction it's it's great to be part of this today and really looking forward to this discussions
0: cool can you tell us a little bit about the mercedes eq formula e team and a little bit about the company
1: yeah, of course. Well, the Mercedes-Benz as a company has, has a rich heritage in uh, in motorsport. In fact, we've been messing around in motorsport uh, for some 127, 128 years now, I think. So an incredibly long period of time. And we've always used motorsport as a, as a test bed, if you like, for um, our, our road car programme. So it's an incredibly important part of our history and something that we're looking to continue into the future. And talking about future. Um, Formula E started back in 2014 and really is setting the benchmark uh, from a motorsport perspective as we shift towards electrification uh, of mobility uh, and the concepts there. So it's only natural that Mercedes uh, got involved in that as well. And we took the decision uh, about three, three and a half years ago now to come in. Um, and in 2019, uh, we actually had our first season in Formula E. But not only did we need to build a team, we also built a whole new company up from a blank sheet of paper to be able to do that. So it's been an incredible journey along the way, and SAP has really played a really key and instrumental role in, in getting us to the point that we're at today.
0: To to, to that end, can you talk a little bit about why you evaluated a new digital core outside? I mean, obviously, you needed a digital core to run your, your essentially... Uh, a new business that was stemmed from Mercedes. But talk a little bit about why you wanted to go this direction and then why S4 HANA and cloud, by the way.
1: Absolutely. Well, I think, as as I said before, we we started very much with a blank sheet of paper. Um, we, We had no team members, no team to speak with. So it was a great opportunity um, to, to really start from scratch and build things up to make sure that they were going to be future-proofed as we, as we grew and we developed as a team and as an organization, as a company as well. We had the opportunity then to, to partner with SAP and throughout all of our partnerships, it's key to me that there, there's mutual benefit on, on, on both sides. And it's, it's no longer the case that a sponsorship or a partnership is simply a, a financial transaction. And through SAP, we were able to to harness the the power of of, of the cloud as we started up um, and actually build our processes to make sure that they they were fit for purpose. Um, And in doing that, I think that we've added to the performance of the team as well. So um, back in 2019, when we started off, uh, we were actually located in five different um, locations across two different countries. So it was key that we had something that was going to be flexible enough and adaptable enough to to meet our needs. And uh, certainly, I think with what we've achieved, um, that uh, that's very much been proven to be uh, to be the right choice. The other thing is that we had a very very short space of time in order to get things uh, up and running. There's a, there's an old adage in in motorsport that race one never moves, and that's 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 absolutely true. So we had, a, had a, a very small window in which to, uh, to get our systems, our processes uh, up to speed and, and, uh, and, and Im- implemented. Um, and if I think back to the project that we had together with, with SAP, from that blank sheet of paper through to having the systems fully implemented, I think it was something in the region of about 13 weeks, which was incredibly fast. And that, that really, for us, was, was absolutely key.
0: Amazing, 13 weeks, that's unbelievable. And I loved what you said about future proofing and and fit to purpose. That's really awesome. Can you talk a little bit more about what fit to purpose means in in terms of what you were using it it for as a a foundation?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we we had to really cover all of the various different business units. And that collaboration between the units and, and, and of course, IT was was of paramount importance. So at the heart of our team uh, are the engineers and mechanics, the race team that travels around the world. Uh, They obviously need to rely on the systems, the processes, the connections and the data that they're gathering as well and have access to that at all times. So that's something that is is of fundamental importance to us because at the end of the day it boils down to performance and and performance on track. But the whole system needs to work in order to support that performance. So if I think about the administrative areas back at base, if I think of IT, if I think of the commercial uh, operation as well, all of that needs to function in the background to be able to support that ultimate goal of, of going faster on track as well. And I think that's where you need a system which is designed around the specific needs of the organization, the specific needs of, of us as a team, um, to be able to get the best out of it. And I think, again, that's what, uh, what's what been proven to have achieved and it culminated, I'm glad to say, in those, those two world championship titles that we, uh, we managed to achieve at the end of last season
0: so performance all around that's awesome can we talk a little bit about when you started the project how did it and the business departments how did they all work together so that you were assured that when you did go live in that such short time frame that the business was going to be uh, accepting of the solution
1: well, we we have quite a delicate balancing act to uh, to achieve within mercedes-benz because not although we're we're a very small team and when i say small Uh, The core team is about 60 uh, individuals, 60 experts, 60 members. Um, The slightly wider team, if I take in the manufacturing aspects, gets up to about 110. So compared with Mercedes-Benz as a global corporation or even SAP, uh, we're we're, we're very small in that regard. And yet we're part of this this huge corporation. Um, Mercedes is the eighth largest brand in the world. And for that reason, there's a whole load of compliance uh, processes and topics that come along with that for, for, as, as one example, um, but at the same time, so we need, to, we need to address those and make sure that we're, we're uh, sort of fitting into the overall ecosystem, but we need to make, remain very agile. And I think it's that collaboration between those business units that's, that's so key and having the processes and systems in place which, which enable that. And the other thing is we're a relatively young team we brought people in from different different areas both from motorsport backgrounds from uh, completely other uh, business areas as well so quite a diverse team so we needed systems and processes that were set up in such a way that they were going to be completely intuitive Um, because it's no good having something that's that's very clever and very good if if the people the users um, need months and months of training to be able to get up up to speed we simply didn't have that That luxury of time so again that that intuitive process the fact that the system itself was so intuitive um, was a really key element in, uh, in 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 our success over the last couple of years
0: i'm sure and tell me so you had people coming in i'm sure probably some from mercedes others from other motorsport background from this from industry correct and and you're going into trying to be fit for purpose fit for standard how did all of this and all of these different people coming from different backgrounds, with respect to different business backgrounds um, and other companies, how did that affect you going forward with the with having standard processes and following those standard processes? Was there a lot of pushback with respect to make you know changing standard processes that came with the solution, or did you stay specific around uh, going? Uh, Sorry, fit the standard with respect to your business processes. Standard business processes. I can't speak today. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all okay. Good, all good. Um No, I, I think it was. It's, uh, it's again taking in those those different um, different facets of the organisation. The fact that we had to, to fit in with the the, the processes and the, and the systems that. Uh, come, I suppose, as part of the legacy of being involved with with a corporation the size of, of Mercedes-Benz, but at the same time, having that agility that I, I spoke about before. Um, that's a, of, of paramount importance. But I think it's testament to the, the systems that we put in place, to the the ease of use, that actually we didn't get much pushback from the individuals, even though They've come in from such a diverse uh, range of backgrounds as well, so I think that the fact that the, you were able to, to get up and running very quickly was 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 very very important indeed. And at the end of the day, especially those of us who've, who've come from a motorsport background, um, and you know that, that there are people um, you know, with far more experience than I have within the team, they are by nature very impatient people. That's why they uh, they tend to work in motorsport, and I think that again had it not been intuitive had it not been easy to get on board and uh, and up and running with it um we would have had that first push, push back and we would have um we would have uh, struggled to, to make sure that it had been adopted as quickly as it was at the end of the day again every single element of what we do it doesn't matter whether it's in finance or in, on the commercial side of the business in engineering or with the mechanics ultimately all you're doing is making a car go fast around the track and it sounds simple but that's where the focus needs to be you need an absolute focus because that's what your competition have as well so I think that that anything that's not adding value to that process is very quickly discarded um, and I think that that's absolutely not the case here what we've got is something that's been implemented something that's up and running that is very much adding value to that and very much has a direct direct impact on, to, on in terms of how fast we, we're going um, and then how we do within the uh, within the championships and that's what's exciting for me it's seeing something which you know every business needs every business um, you know can take an advantage from but being put into a very a very specific and a very real environment as well where, where every thousandth of a second counts.
0: The devil is certainly in the details, I'm sure, in, in what you do, and that's great to hear. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about our environmental world around us with respect to, we're all kind of coming out of this last 24 months of the pandemic. You're a motorsport organization who is you know, going from Rome to Barcelona to New York City, et cetera, et cetera. How did the pandemic, uh, you know, Hurt, help, or you know, how did how did your operations continue during the pandemic?
1: I think we were very lucky, uh, first and foremost, in in the fact that we were just about up and running uh, before the uh, before the pandemic really struck, and and certainly in the UK, and 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 absolutely, and in Germany we had uh, you know the, the lockdowns very quickly as well. So we were thrust into a situation whereby those five different locations that I that I was speaking about suddenly became you know, 50, 60, 100 different locations as people were forced to, to to work from home. And again, through the through the flexibility of the systems, through the connectivity, we were able to, to keep things going. And actually, we took a conscious decision because if you remember, wind back a couple of years, nobody really knew where, uh, where this was all going to end. Um, we took a conscious decision once the series itself paused and took a stop and we weren't able to travel anymore, we weren't able to race anymore to actually switch our focus to, well, what could we do to try and support the current situation? So that engineering talent that we've got, that manufacturing talent that we have, and the, and the supply chain um, that we've built up, they actually switched focus very quickly to, um, to developing what they call a CPAP machine, which was a sort of a, a constant pressure uh, air pressure uh, device used to to effectively treat people who'd come down with COVID in those uh, those few months when it was really really very very huge as well. And if I think about how quickly we were able to switch from racing through to actually developing something that was very much for the medical industry and and very quickly managed to get these devices into into the hospitals through that that first wave of the pandemic. Again, we couldn't have done that had we not been as flexible and agile uh, um, as we were. So in a strange way, I like to think that actually the, the, the organization was able to, to help people out in that situation and demonstrate also its, its adaptability.
0: So cool. I, didn't, I did not realize you, um, you guys switched to making CPAP. I know lots of organizations here in North America and I'm sure worldwide did, but I didn't, um, didn't catch it. That's pretty cool. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the organization and the change ma- your change management process. What worked and what if you had to do this all over again? What would you tell your former self that you would do a little different if you had to do it again?
1: That's, that's a great question. Um, if I look back over the, I mean, and, and don't, don't forget we've only been in existence for, for a relatively short period of time. But if I look back over the last three and a half years, We've never got ourselves into a, st- a situation that I would call is, is necessary uh one of stability um yeah. so the first season that we actually competed we competed as 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 what they call a customer team um so somebody else was the manufacturer um, and we were just simply getting up to speed uh, operationally we then switched uh, to a manufacturer and competitor status which means that we're then responsible for developing and producing the uh, the power unit and other systems that go into into the car um, so that then that then was an, a fairly significant change in terms of the, the, the organization that we built up the the responsibilities that we had as well then we decided 12 months later that if we were going to stay competitive in the future as the, the competition was getting stronger and stronger we needed to take out the inefficiencies that came through being in those five different locations that I spoke about earlier, um, both in in Germany and the UK. So we've now consolidated most of the operations in our home uh, base of Brackley in the UK. Um, So again, that was another change because we had to move the entire operational team from Germany over over to England. So each time you do that, what you're doing is you're you're having to change your systems to adapt to to, to, to train people in, in a little a bit of a different way and I'm very glad that that we've been able to manage that process in such a way that it's it's brought the least disruption possible into into the entire machine um, and again that that's been crucially important because I think some of our competitors haven't had that, uh, that instability um, and it's, it's important that we we you know do a great job and make sure that we're continuing to push forward on track as well so having said all of that i think that if i look back on that time would i i've changed anything i think we would have probably taken the decision to to consolidate activities and get to where we're at sooner um so that we could have hit the ground running now some of that was was hampered by the pandemic so i think that's more of a in hindsight and had things been different uh, scenario, had we not had the pandemic, then it would have been possible to do that. But I think that from a systems perspective, I wouldn't necessarily have done anything particularly different simply for the fact that those systems, those processes that we've put in place have actually supported all of that change and all of that disruption as well. So it's been, been incredibly important, I suppose, in that way to have some stability in the background as we've, as we've changed the operational structure of the organisation. And I don't think we'll stop there. Uh, you know, we, we, we will continue in the future to compete, we'll continue in the future to, to push forward and make sure that we're challenging for those championship wins. So it's going to still be incredibly important to, to make sure that we adapt and, and, and change. And therefore, I think that it's important to, to, to keep the stability within the systems but still have the opportunity to make improvements as, as new products, as new capabilities come online through that, and make sure that we're leveraging them to, uh, to add performance.
0: Excellent. Tell me about intelligent technologies. Did you implement any, any intelligent technologies and, and are you using any, and, and or do you have plans to implement any, any further intelligent technologies that come as part of your s Cloud solution?
1: There's all sorts of things that we that we look at on the um, you know using using S 4 Hana, and I'm, I'm certainly by no means the uh, the expert within the in the team on those. But if I think about some of the things that we've done since having uh, having SAP on board as a, as a partner, and, and and when I say that, I mean SAP was one of the founding partners, so you've, you've very much been with us from the uh, for, from the very start. Not only did we implement S 4 Hana in the cloud, but we we've, we've worked with Qualtrics as well to ensure that our um, that our, our, our guest experience is, is as good as it can be. That we've integrated the fans into into our processes as well. That's been uh, been very important for us. And the other thing that you mentioned earlier, which is uh, which is really a priority number one topic, is is sustainability. Ultimately, we don't just want to be the pinnacle of electric motorsport. We also want to be the pinnacle of global sport when it comes to to sustainability and to to our footprint there. So it's important that, that the, the systems that we have in place also um, help us to measure uh, and help us to, to be held accountable. So with, with SAP S4HANA in the background, you know, enabling us to collate that data, enabling us to share that data, we've also, together with SAP, been developing a sustainability dashboard. And that's measuring our, our our travel footprint. It's measuring now our supply chain footprint, and with that information, we can now start to really develop and ensure that we are taking the right steps in the future to, to stay ahead of the curve. And as I say, ultimately, be be benchmark in terms of sustainability as a sport within Formula E, and then as a team with the Mercedes EQ Formula E team as well. So that's that's incredibly important. And the other thing that we're starting to look at at the moment, and, and, and this is something that really plays a huge role uh, in terms of performance on track, is, is artificial intelligence. Um, so, so AI is playing an ever-increasing role in, in, in unlocking uh, the way that we can actually use data. So I think having a system in the background such as SAP S4HANA, having the, the flexibility to be able to, to not only collate that data, but then use it as you want to, dovetailing in with some of those AI systems is is going to be something that we're going to leverage more and more in the future and hopefully in doing so, keep ourselves one step ahead of the competition.
0: So tell me, Ian, what's next for the Mercedes EQ Formula E team? You can talk both from a race perspective as well as from a systems perspective.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think there's the, 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 there are a couple of things on that. I mean, the sustainability stuff we've just discussed—I think that's very much um, in focus now in the present, but also in the future. I think that we're going to be driving that uh, that forward. The other things from a systems perspective—if I think about the, the the case studies that we've got ongoing at the moment and some of our fo- focus points—very much is um, is centered on on our purchasing activities. Um, we're we're coming into what I would term as a necessary evil uh, going forward from next season, where we actually introduce a, a cost cap, um, because ultimately the, the the series itself needs to be uh, needs to be financially uh, sustainable. So, and that, that cost cap that we've brought in is is going to be tough to achieve, I think, for, for all teams, but especially those who are fighting at the top for, for the championships. So, the efficiency in the which in the way in which we use our resources, both our, our human uh, resources, our human capital and expertise, as well as the, the financial capital and expertise is going to be of crucial importance. And that's where I see the collaboration with the with the team at SAP really coming again into its own and making sure that we can we can leverage that expertise and, and do things as efficiently as possible because at the end of the day if you achieve that it means again that you're going to be spending your money it means you're going to be um, directing your, your human uh, resource into the areas that are going to bring you uh, the most performance and if we keep that that simplicity of that goal in focus then I think it'll be uh, uh, it'll, it'll definitely stand us in good stead and then in terms of future for the team. Um, it's very exciting at the moment to be involved at, at within Formula E at this time because we're coming to the end of what we call Generation 2, um, as a, uh, uh, which is the current car uh, that we're racing. Uh, at the end of this season that finishes and we move next season into Generation 3. And that sees us uh, having, first and foremost, a, a power uplift um, from 250 kilowatts to 350 kilowatts. So for a uh, very uh, somebody that's as calm out as I am. Uh, that's that, that that in itself is very exciting, um, but there are also some other um, great uh, great moves that are, that are coming in together with that. So we're um, if I take a step back, actually, energy management is of crucial importance in in Formula E. So You're only given a certain amount of energy for the race itself, and you need to use that in the most efficient manner as well what we'll have with Gen 3 is not only the opportunity to regen that energy uh, on the rear axle, we're going to have it on the front axle as well. So you're going to have up to 600 kilowatts of regen capacity. And this is going to be a game changer in terms of the way that I think motorsport is seen. It's going to really show the power of electric mobility um, on the racetrack. And hopefully through the advances that we're making as well, that will then translate into um, the cars that you and I drive on the road. And that for me is incredibly exciting. If I go back to what I said at the beginning, then Mercedes-Benz through that 128 year history, um, they've very much been focused on using motorsport as a test bed. And I think if we can do that, which I've just described in the Formula E, then we'll have a great opportunity to really drive that forward for the future.
0: Wow. Ian, this has been awesome. You know, Ian, you've mentioned a few times um, SAP, the support of SAP and and whatnot. Can you talk a little bit about, you've been live for a couple of years now. How is your continued partnership with SAP, and and how do you engage with them today now that you are live and kind of in a continuous improvement loop?
1: Yeah, if I, if I think right back to the to the beginning um, in that, that sort of 13-week period that we had in, in going from that blank sheet of paper through to implementation, I mean, that, that was incredibly intense. And, and, and again, I'll go back to the fact that I'm, I'm certainly no expert on this. So there were others within the organisation that, that were um, very much sort of woven into the SAP team to ensure that we could get up and running as, as, as quickly as we did but we haven 't stopped there we 've continued to to develop systems we 've continued to to work together with sap so we 're very fortunate to have that that relationship that partnership um, that enables us to to do that um, but also some people who have a genuine interest in in, in what it is that we 're doing and 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 are helping us to push things forward so when I talk about you know the sustainability dashboard, when I talk about the fact that we've got the cost cap coming in and we need to be more efficient in our processes, we're very and, and consciously engaging with SAP and, and the teams on that, um, so that we can leverage, leverage that expertise. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier about that that mutual benefit. You know, for me, a partnership is exactly that. It's got to, got to work in both directions. And uh, that's, that's very much true of, um, yeah, the authentic relationship that we have with SAP.
0: Awesome. Well, Ian, I got to tell you, I could ask you more and more questions, we can go on, but I know that it is getting to be a little late over where you are in Rome, and I am sure you are going to wrap up the rest of your day. I think it's awesome what you have put forward with your team. You have an incredible story, uh, and you are clearly um, moving in that digital, not moving, you have moved to digitally transform your organization to become a true intelligent enterprise. I really appreciate the vision, the mission, and I love the sustainability efforts that, that are unique to your organization and that you are not only looking at it for your specific organization and industry, but also then, you know, you mentioned uh, the, air, the air industry and other industries that you tap out to in order to be able to move your operation from location to location and such amazing things. So thank you so much for your time and your efforts uh, and coming off of the racetrack to talk with all of us today.
1: Fantastic. Jennifer, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Take care.
0: Thank you for joining us for this edition of Let's Talk Cloud ERP. If you enjoyed this conversation and want to continue in a smaller, more interactive session, I would like to invite you to sign up for a value exploration workshop. This two and a half hour interactive call to action session curated for both IT and business leaders will enable you to interact directly with SAP S4HANA through our SAP S4HANA ERP simulation game. This simulation game will demonstrate how you can have greater control of your business processes by having members of your team from across business functions such as finance sales marketing and procurement work together to showcase the true power of sap s4 hana the really cool thing about this game is you get the chance to compete and show your team's full profitability potential against other teams check out the show notes to learn more about the value exploration workshop and upcoming dates Finally, I would like to thank the Let's Talk Data podcast for their partnership. We couldn't do what we do without them. Until next time, I am Jennifer Frank McGrory. Have a great rest of your day.